Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. All right, welcome to Cloud and Clear. Chad Johnson, head of cloud search at SADA. Nice to have you. Thanks, Tony. It's good to be here. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I just realized you've been here a little over three years now, uh, but your experience in enterprise search, cloud search, etc., goes back, you know, over a decade. We've known each other for a long time in the ecosystem. And I know a lot of the work you were doing originally goes back to um, the Google search appliance in terms of search on Google. And so... You know, we like to call you the Michael Jordan of search. No one's done more of it. No one's had more success in the platform. So I think um, the audience has a lot to learn today. My um, entry into search actually um, came about because of a couple of different things that I was doing in my career uh, before that. Um, when I got out of school, I had a computer science degree. I went to work for a consulting company and um like the idea of consulting because you get to work with different clients all the time. You're not committing to like just one, you know, one software product or company that you're working for. So um, I ended up at a company that had a partnership with a company called Tibco and they were a kind of message bus, kind of like a MQ series. And we were working for some oil companies down in Houston doing um, data transmission. Uh, there, there were, applications that didn't talk to each other. This was back in the, the early 2000s and, uh, you know, APIs were kind of hit or miss. And so Tibco was the glue that would uh, connect everything. So we were writing essentially little adapters between applications to beam data back and forth between them. And uh, um, the next company that I was at, um, they had a partnership with uh, uh, content management portals, so things like Vignette and uh, Documentum, like an EMC partnership. And so I kind of took another little tangent into content management. So I spent, you know, another six or seven years as a, an architect doing uh, large scale content management projects. And that was also kind of application development. We were moving documents around, things would get scanned in the scanner, barcodes would get read, workflows would get kicked off, and the documents would be stored in you know kind of the equivalent of the, the digital filing cabinet. You know? And what's what's the problem with the digital filing cabinet? You can't find anything. You gotta be able to search for it, right? That's right. Yeah, so a lot of those content management products came with a search engine built in. A lot of them had things like Fast or uh, Solar or something built in, and they were kind of terrible. They they would crash. The index would have to get rebuilt. It would take you know a couple of weeks sometimes to to fully rebuild things and re-index everything. Um, so we uh, sought out a partnership with Google as an alternative. Google had this agnostic search engine, the Google Search Appliance. It, meaning it didn't have any loyalty with any one particular vendor. It could index anything. So we started building adapters, just like that first part of my career. We started building little hooks into content management systems and portals and CRM and, and pulling in data into the search engine. Um, like you said, I've been doing that for about 11 years now. I've built up um, 
uh, my previous company, one of the, the largest practices in the world doing those implementations. I probably worked with 150 or, or more companies doing those kind of implementations. Yeah. So the Google search appliance, a lot of people don't know, is was actually kind of Larry and Sergey's first idea in terms of how to monetize the technology that just developed. Uh, searching the web actually uh, maybe even came later as sort of the the, the folklore would, would say. So this idea of taking that type of technology and capability and moving it behind the firewall to help organizations discover their own data, as easy as it is now to search on google.com, certainly uh, a need because of all the reasons you described, which is all these other systems, content platforms, file management systems, the biggest problem is discoverability, right? Yeah. And people went home and said, I can do this at home. I can go to google.com and I can search what, what felt like an infinite amount of content. You know, do you remember back when they used to print how many pages they had indexed? You know, yeah. it, was, it was, you know, this many hundreds of billions. And then it was like a trillion. It's just like, you know, this massive number. And then you get to work and you couldn't do that. You didn't have, you, you had more access to information at home than you did at work. One of the stories we heard uh, was... Uh, a big automobile manufacturer, one of the big ones, they had a, a customer service function where people would call in and they would say, hey, I have a, you know, 2004 so-and-so and, and, and what's, I need to like, what's the part number for this? And the people that work there found it easier to Google in the public domain for their own, you know, specs of their autos than to search their own documentation and they're the manufacturers. So that's pretty typical in terms of what people used to experience back then. Yeah. I mean, we laugh about it, but it's true. And it's still true in a lot of cases, you know, obviously with enterprise search, we can search completely private stuff. I mean, that for anyone that doesn't know the big differentiator with Google search appliance and now Google cloud search is that it is like Google but it's not that index. It's your own index. That's it's right. your own stuff. You can push documents that only your employees are allowed to see. Um, we can index things that only one person is allowed to see. We can restrict it down to you know the individual user level. The content doesn't have to be on the internet. It doesn't have to be published. It can come from you know your internal SharePoint or file shares. Um, it can grab stuff from your SaaS products like Salesforce, ServiceNow, things that you subscribe to. Again, even if they're not public, they can be authenticated behind Okta or Google accounts and, and we can still index it and we can serve it up securely. It checks to make sure that you have access to see the document before it shows it to you as a search result. So we're back to building connectors, you know, the ecosystem had a bunch that were built for the Google search appliance. Cloud search came out. We're building some of those. Do you want to kind of run through the ones that we have in market right now? Yeah, you know, uh, cloud search came out um, officially about a year and a few months ago. And uh, we've had access to it uh, for about a year before that. We were one of the early adopters. And that was one of the first things that Google gave us was a toolkit for building connectors because they knew that a search engine is only as good as the content that we can search. So I get asked every day, like, 
can you search yeah, yeah, you name it, you know, can you search ServiceNow? Can you search this like learning learning platform tool that I have? Can you search, um, you know, uh, Slack or can you search uh, Confluence or Jira? So we have been working through, we clearly don't have everything. I mean, there, there are thousands of enterprise applications out there. So, um, yeah, you're kind of playing the bad client here, Tony, because everybody comes to us and says, like, do you have a connector for X? And, you know, while we do have some, the other half of that answer is that we're really good at building them and they've given us a really great framework for building them. So, I don't know, 90% of applications these days have some sort of REST API or, or some sort of OAuth protected API. So a lot of times we're, we're, we're building from a, from a recipe, from a cookbook. We've, you know, we've built um, connectors for things like GitHub and Confluence and Jira, WordPress, uh, SAP HANA. Oh gosh, a, a learning management tool called a Mind, um, uh, no, Pathgather. Um, we're working on uh, some custom ones uh, for, uh, for some clients now where they've kind of created the, you know, a homegrown CMS, we can index that. Um, we're looking at like file file system based things like uh, like box. Um, so yeah, we've got a really good inventory and we've built a team of experts that know how to build them. So anytime someone comes to us, we go through a simple requirements gathering process. We understand what do they want to index out of the application. How does the security model work? How does it tie back to like single sign-on or to your user directory, like like uh, Okta or Active Directory? And then our guys just crank out the connector. It takes a couple of weeks, sometimes a little more for more complicated systems. And we're done. The customer has a connector. And what that means is that now they can go to Google Cloud Search and they can search all of that content in Google Cloud Search. So for people who haven't experienced, you know, search behind the firewall, especially in the, in the Google technology stack, but obviously everyone's familiar with google.com search. From um, a configuration standpoint, I mean, there's a uh, development standpoint, you know, I think enterprise search is both an art and a science. So what are some of the things you can do to kind of curate that experience for the enterprise, which might have very specific needs around how they prioritize content above and beyond the security framework, which is kind of obvious. Yes, you don't want people who shouldn't have access to certain documents to see them or even be able to find them. Um, what are the other differences that uh, the audience would love to hear about? Sure. So if anyone is familiar with enterprise search and is aware of a lot of the, the common things that we do in these types of projects, they're probably familiar with things like, you know, there's going to be some sort of spell correction for misspellings because we're all suck at spelling right and uh um yeah there's going to be um uh conveniences uh there's something called uh like stemming which how you know past tense plural tense um you know we don't want to make the user have to be extremely literal this isn't a database lookup this should be a little bit user friendly and most search engines have facilities for that uh language packs we want to be able to to do that, that stemming and pluralization and, and query expansion uh, just as easily in German and Chinese as we do in English. So 
search engines have had a lot of these features, many of them required um, some form of intervention to get them to, you know, to populate them. Google has taken a lot of that out uh, of the, the, the implementation process. Um, so one, we, we've been talking about a private index, but Google is Google. They have a wealth of knowledge about how people search for things. They know that and this is kind of a silly example, but it was one that they, they used when they introduced this feature. You know, if, if I say I've got a headache and, and I need some medicine, I might say like, can you give me an Advil? But I could also say like, could you give me a pill? Could you give me a ibuprofen? Could you? So there's, there's a lot of different ways people ask for the same thing. Cloud search actually uses that. I mean, they're not, it, 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 it's using public information to assist private search, but they're, they're auto-populating those spelling dictionaries, those synonym dictionaries. Um, so that's something that we run through the customers. But the cool thing, Tony, is we don't even have to do anything to get it working. This is kind of included as part of the product. So other things that we do, we work with on the customer experience, um, again, comparing this to public search, just because that's probably what a lot more people are familiar with. Enterprise search also deals with a lot of structured data. So yes, we, we, yes, we index unstructured documents like PDFs, but a lot of things are coming out with metadata. Metadata could be part numbers, product numbers, date, publish dates, um, you know, the names of the people that are involved. Um, so with cloud search, we get to design a schema that accommodates not just the unstructured documents, but also all the structured data that goes with them. And then we can give the customer um, things like the ability to filter or narrow down their results. I, I once read an article that talked about uh, the way that we think about information retrieval. And it's, it's kind of like the who, what, when, why, where. We think... Um, obviously about the, the subject, but then we might want to narrow, like, let's say I was looking for uh, a presentation and I remember the name of the client and I type in the name of the client and I get back, you know, 30,000 results. And I'm like, oh God, now what? But then you start thinking, well, I, I remember that we worked on it in November. Okay, that really narrows things down. So that's the when. And I remember that I checked it into Google Drive. It's definitely not. It's definitely not in NetSuite or SharePoint or else. It's definitely in Google Drive. So that's the where. And then I remember I was collaborating with John on it. So that really narrows it down. I can say like it was something that John was a collaborator on. So with Cloud Search, we can populate that metadata so that we can support those refinements. That ability to boil, you know, condense down thousands or hundreds of thousands of search results and whittle it down to just the one you're looking for. Yeah, I think those are really important because customers can be very explicit about um, how they want that experience to feel. And they do expect more customization, obviously, than in Google.com because of all those business reasons you described. And I think it's really powerful to be able to build that into um, the user experience and even kind of role-based user experience, right? Which I think is a is a fantastic thing. So, you know, we're coming off of Q4, which delivered, I think, the best sales quarter we've had for Cloud Search. We've won some uh, very big names. We can't uh, call them out on this podcast, but uh, the logos are impressive. And I think traditionally, even from your background, I remember at, at the in, in, in years prior with the GSA, we get to work with some of the biggest enterprises and the biggest logos, which is super exciting because this tends to be 
a critical but departmental initiative, which can get approved really fast because it's not overly expensive. And it's it's sort of strictly a business decision. Of course, there's some IT involvement, which is necessary, but uh, we're seeing just lots of momentum there. And I think um, what I really appreciate your team and, and our all hands, I got to meet all of them. They were all here is how excited they were. I think the culture that you've built is admirable. And, uh, you know, it's also one of the most kind of profitable things, uh, organizations that, that SADA has is, is literally like the, your cloud team is, is they're, they're running on all cylinders. So I want to congratulate you on building that amazing culture. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you've been in consulting long enough to know that when you, when you have a niche, when you have something very specialized, um, you know, it, it commands good dollars. It, it, it's, I can't go on the street and hire someone that doesn't have experience to do something like this. They've really got to touch everything from front end UI work, back end connector work, security. You know, we go to, we, we arrive at company X and they're like, oh, we, we protect all of our applications with this like multi-factor, you know, barrier and all these things. So like our team has to know um, about the full stack, you know, we use that term a lot, but these are, these, this is a true full stack product. Um, not to mention that we're touching all of their important things. You know, we're pulling content out of Jira and we're, we're, you know, accessing email and file shares and every application works differently. And, um, yeah, I've got some very, very skilled engineers that work on this product. I really like talking about customers and even if you can't name the names, that's fine, but. What are a couple of great, you know, customer stories that stand out where the work that you did uh, resulted in some business outcomes that were really super interesting? And I think, you know, I think about the customers that keep bringing us back to do more phases, which means obviously the work that we've done adds, has added value and they want to invest more. But can you talk about a couple of customer stories that are interesting? There's definitely no one size fits all we we don't limit ourselves to any particular vertical industry so i've got a, a ton of different ones i could think of um one vein of of clients that we've had a really good run with is is the pharmaceuticals and the, the life science companies that um, are frequently uh, involved in things like clinical trials and drug development there's a lot of i mean you know that process and there's a lot of failure there's a lot of attempts and there's a lot of time that goes into developing new drugs and anything that they can do to speed that up and give them a better chance of success on the next, you know, blockbuster drug, that's huge for them. So they've built up a, a huge repository of clinical, preclinical, uh, chemical analysis, all sorts of data about, you know, not just the one that we see on the, the shelf at Walgreens, but the hundred attempts before that that failed. Or, or didn't make it through certain trials. Uh, so we get a lot of traction with those companies being able to search back through that um, uh, historical information to try to speed up the chance on the next drug. Uh, very similar, we worked with a, um, uh, a product company, you know, a commercial goods kind of product company that same deal, their R&D group would occasionally, uh, you know, hey God, have we, have we ever made a, you know, this product in like this color with this flavor, you know, we want to do something special for Christmas or something, or, you know, a branded product. And, um, 
they will go back through their database of, of products. They use SAP, for example, and they store every trial they've ever done, even the ones that didn't work, but maybe they can glean something from that. Uh, they can find, you know, oh, that, that's how we, you know, made that purple colored, whatever, uh, you know, um, again, saving them time. The other kind of very different use case that I see a lot of is um, um, we, we interact with a lot of companies. We assume that when we call a company or we engage with a company through some sort of like, you know, tech support process, even within our own company, they're, they're omniscient, right, Tony? Like they know everything. <laughs> even the one they just hired last week, right? Like you get, you get on the phone and you're talking to an agent you, you expect them to know all the answers. So we do a lot of projects that are searching through knowledge bases and searching through tech notes and field notes. And a lot of times it's actually the employees at that company that are using our search solution to quickly answer a live phone call while the person's talking to them. So that that's, that's you know, it needs to be fast. It needs to be so fast that you don't even like, we don't assume that, you know, Fred and customer support is Googling it while we, while we ask the question, right? But the, the truth is they are, you know. Yeah, it's such, a fr it's such a frustrating customer experience when you call an organization you do a lot of business with and they seem to have a less than comprehensive understanding of your history and relationship or status or anything like that. On the flip side, there's nothing more enjoyable as a customer, when you call in, they seem to know everything. There's a lot of good technology behind that. It's not just culture and you hire good people, whatever. The technology has to be there. So it feels instantaneous, like that, them understanding, like, you know, what is, like, what, what's likely to be the problem that you're calling about? Have you called in the past? You know, what, what's the history of that conversation? But what is your, your, the composition of your relationship what does that look like whether it's invoices or subscriptions or or products you own I, I think that's you know super important that's a great use case the last one that i'll give you is just to kind of remind people that cloud search doesn't have to be uh, solely used internally because it is so fast because it's powered at google scale uh, it runs on the same infrastructure that google.com does we're starting to uh, see um, uh, ISVs and software uh, uh, applications use cloud search as its embedded search engine instead of them having to build their own. So let's say, for example, you and I, uh, we're feeling kind of entrepreneurial and we go off and build a iOS and Android app that lets you, you know, rate and review restaurants. I mean, you know, just whatever. We all interact with those kind of applications and most of them, the way you start off is by searching you want to book a reservation you search you want to like get a flight you search you um you know you're studying for an exam and you subscribe to some sort of test prep service you know how can i help you and you search all of these applications have search built in what you find is that many companies either try to find off-the-shelf search engines open source search engines because this isn't their core core business this isn't their core product so um, they, they roll their own. They try to build a search engine or they try to embed something. We're finding Google Cloud Search is a fabulous alternative that it's managed, it's robust, it's foolproof, 
It works really well. It's got that Google-like feel where you just type in some keywords and you get results. And from an engineer's perspective at those companies, it's so simple. They just plug in an API to index the content. They plug in the other API to query it, and they're done. Amazing. So much less work than the the old old way of doing that. Um, speaking of just customer experience overall, uh, and you know, call centers, etc. Something that has uh, evolved to be a very high priority for Google, TK, Rob on down is to me what is like the first truly commercial, uh, broad, you know, market appeal. Um, and sort of very explicit ROI-based application of um, uh, AI. And that's sort of the call center AI packaged offering that um, that is in market now. And it's something that uh, we've taken very seriously in terms of you know uh, exploring, investing in, um, partnering with sort of the call center, you know, infrastructure providers, et cetera. And We've deliberately chosen, you know, your team for you to own this and grow this out in terms of capability. And it seems maybe from the outside, how's how's that related? You know, how does that make sense? Uh, but we had, you know, conversations with Miles and with Dana about about that that fit. And I'm I'm glad you were sort of very on board with embracing that. So what are the what are your thoughts on uh, call center AI or CCAI and and um, how does that fit with uh, your experience and the work that Cloud Search and the other things that we've done in your team um, relate to? Well, the first thing that we noticed was that the majority, and I mean a large majority, of our internally facing Cloud Search implementations, whether exclusively or in part, were being used by people at that company's uh, contact center, their their support agents or their inbound uh, agents were using the search because like i said they really are the people that need access to virtually everything really quickly um you know uh, another you know an engineer or an employee at their desk may search a couple of times a day the contact center agent searching literally hundreds of times a day every single phone call um so from that perspective it, it made sense um from a technology perspective, uh, contact center AI is, like you said, it is an interesting offering from Google. It does glue together a lot of the you know, pieces that have been there, the dialogue flows, the natural language understanding, the even just the, the text-to-speech part of it, the voice synthesis. I mean, that's that was kind of a thing of its own, and now it's all being brought together into this kind of virtual agent that talks to you for a little bit, tries to figure out the intent of your phone call. And it's, it's doing that, you know, the call tree job. It's trying to get you to the right person. Maybe it's even able to answer something without, without a person being involved at all, which, which is amazing. Um, search ties in in some interesting ways because those agents allow you to call the, the, the virtual agent, the software lets you call APIs and look up data. And sometimes you get to a point in a conversation like that where there isn't a deterministic answer. It's not like yes or no, but it's like, I need to run a search and, and check on that for you. Or you know, maybe this answers your question. We've all kind of played around with, you know, things like uh, Siri and, and the Google assistants. And they, you know, they occasionally be like, I think I found this on the web that might answer your question. 
yeah. So, you know, I, I think in most of those applications uh, or those implementations, Tony, you're, you're going to want to program some very specific dialogue flows and, and intents and uh, actions. But um, in the end, if it gets sent to an agent, you capture all of that uh, chat history. It captures all of the, the conversation to that point. Um, we can take that text, search the knowledge base, and when the call is uh, finally uh, routed to a human, we can pop up on the screen the chat history and some, you know, ServiceNow articles that, that are pertaining to what the person's been talking about with the robot for the last, you know, two or three minutes. Wow. So you have to search. It just, it's there for them when they take the call. That's a, yeah, the tie-in is fantastic. I actually haven't even thought about it that way of uh, the dialogue flow triggering Google Cloud search uh, tasks that based on the results kind of continue the workflow. And obviously because of the speed and the scalability of the cloud search component, there's not going to be a big delay. It's going to feel much more natural to the caller. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the potential with contact center eyes is huge. Again, the application is so clear um, in that, you know, if an organization can cut down the amount of times that a human has to answer, that by the time that he gets to the human, there's all this sort of heuristic information that helps the human <laughs> do the job, you know, in a higher quality, make the caller feel heard, like all the, the, the three minutes they spent with the agent, um, that's dialogue flows, actually, that information is transferred to the person so that the, the caller doesn't have to repeat themselves. It's a huge cost savings measure for any company that has a contact center, which like who doesn't, uh, they all do. And also for the caller, it's a much better experience. They'll always get the phone picked up. There's no being put on hold, you know, all, all this sort of stuff about queuing, uh, get streamlined. I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, um, it's really new. Talk about uh, the ROI on projects like this. Like these, these third projects don't get done unless there's provable return on the investment. And it's difficult to prove that adding search to your website or adding search to your internet is really going to add much value. I mean, it's convenient. It's cool. But, it, but shortening the time that it takes to answer a call deflecting a call through self-service before the person even calls, putting a nice search on your website that deflects the call, that that proves that proves ROI and that wins us search projects. And the customer experience is just so much better and that's key. So it's like cost savings plus revenue increasing. Like um, I, I think that's a magical combination you don't see you don't see very often. What's exciting is, is sort of how that will evolve over time. Because when actually when when I talk to people about this, there's like, do people even you know do even do they even make phone calls anymore? And I'm like, yeah, actually, they do quite a bit. And a lot of people, like I know, when I'm driving, I try to get some things done. I'm calling into some call center sometimes, right, or contact center. And uh, the reason that people call less than they used to to some extent is obviously because there's more information available that's searchable. But um, people have kind of, some people have given up. Like it's such a bad experience in aggregate that people haven't, you know, they've started calling less. But if it was a better experience, of course they would call more because you can't always type. 
you've probably called a, a company and you, you got transferred to probably an overseas, very crowded room. You can barely hear the person. You're hearing three other conversations behind them. Compare that with like a crystal clear computer generated AI voice, you know, powered voice that like you said, you can do from your car and it just works. It's faster. What's also terrible is like going through an IVR process that's quasi automated and you're giving them all this information. And when you land with the human, they don't, they don't know anything you've told that IVR system <laughs> like for the last three minutes. Um, and yeah, so I think the potential of uh, CCAI in itself, but especially in combination with cloud search, I think we're going to be able to deliver an incredible solution to some of the largest enterprises in market. And um, I know it's still relatively new, but it is a huge, huge uh, priority for, for Google. And I intend to play a big role in our go-to-market strategy with, with some of their top customers. Yeah, our team's very excited about it. In summary, what are you looking forward to in 2020? Uh, we just had our all hands. We uh, This is the first year we're going uh, starting the year being sort of 100% Google cloud focus. So what are you most excited about? Well, last year was a bit of a, a transition year for us because it was the deprecation of the Google search appliance and, and kind of offboarding customers off of that product and getting them migrated on the cloud search. Um, that's over. The, 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 the Google search appliance is dead, long live the Google search appliance. All of our opportunities for this year are uh, you know, maybe they're migrating off of something else. I don't want to, you know, totally dismiss that, but I am excited to look for these kind of net new opportunities with search. We're having to be a little bit creative. We're trying to find those value propositions for customers. We're looking into the, the ISV model that I talked about. We're looking into these AI powered search assistants. That gets me way more excited than just migrating somebody off of the yellow box onto the cloud. So to me, that, that, that's kind of my excitement for this year. Excellent. I'm also excited to be completely focused on, on uh, Google Cloud and building all these amazing new capabilities. Uh, Google Cloud Next is coming up. We're getting ready for that. Should be, uh, should be super exciting. But I really want to thank you for all the work you've done, all the patience and investment with Google, which, you know, we've all been patient, but it should be breakout year in a huge way. If Q4 is any indication, uh, we're going to have some some great, great work to do in 2020. And I just want to thank you and your team for all the excellent work that you do. Consistency it just makes all of our uh, jobs easier, certainly for the sellers, but also for us as executives at SADA uh, to be to be so proud of of, uh, of your practice. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and SADA is an amazing place to be doing this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.